Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book I do the review. Stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Uh, Today I'm joined by Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. And uh, yes, we're going to just dive. Do we have any news or anything to say? I'm not really sure. Uh, Got some good feedback about the interview that we did with Peter F. Hamilton. That was the last episode that we did. Yeah, Quite a few people enjoyed that. A few people were annoyed that we didn't really get into the final book as much because we you know we we mentioned we had yes. a little discussion with yes. no spoilers then we did an interview with peter F. hamilton then we talked about the interview with peter F. hamilton but didn't really wrap up our all our thoughts about that so yeah. by request we might do one more episode about the salvation sequence full spoiler mode we're going to assume everyone's already yeah. read everything we're going to discuss all of our theories all of our thoughts all of the things that Juliana was thinking about multiple timelines <laughs> uh, all the stuff that I want to talk about with other uh, timey wimey stuff yeah. and all that kind of stuff and Maybe tell we'll everyone all my many 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 notes that I put down yes. for the last book yeah, we'll go I through, had many of them we'll go through all the notes and the characters and what we think's happening and mm-hmm. what what I, more of our favourite stuff was um, so if you're into that check out that full series um, we we gave the first book five stars and the middle book about that or something anyway it was a highly three rated st- it was a five star uh, series for us if you put it that way yeah. so we'd suggest everyone read that and again don't leave it too long because it might not it might not last that long if you know what I mean like sometimes later books come out and you're like ah, read it but then stop reading after book three or stop reading after book you know it could be one of those yes, things yes like uh I, that kind of happened with the with the previous series of his the uh um you know pandora star yes okay and judas Unchained, great and yeah. then the next three books like that follow on to, like a different set, set of books you're like good yes okay good pretty good and then the last two books that finished off that whole thing you're like nah, don't, you can skip those last two books okay. you don't have to, you don't have to find out what happens in those uh, <laughs> in those final two books I can't even remember the names of them they didn't stick with me at all yeah um but the even Evolutionary Void series, I think, is 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 worth it and things like that. So anyway, we'll get to that. So um, I then started another book, yes, um, which I I decided to give up. But Julian is giving it a go. So we'll talk about that maybe in another episode. So let's yep. get on to um, a... as soon as I actually get into reading. Currently, yeah. no brain space for reading, but I will get there. I'm sure. Yeah. So somebody uh, a while ago. Oh, so because of that, I, I I stopped that book and I was like, let's find something else to, to listen to. Mm-hmm. And I was looking through, um, you know, bits and pieces here. So somebody said on the oh, Goodreads listener group. Uh, yeah. On the Goodreads mm-hmm. listener group um, said, oh, I should have actually searched for this. Um, it's beforehand. been a while. Okay. Ryan said, oh, this was back in October. In October the 8th, Ryan says, Inherit the Stars, a freebie on Audible. And so I was like, all oh, right. So I just, you know, it's super easy for me to, this is the thing, super easy for me to check out one of these books. This is something that I want to read anyway. Yeah. And it was a free, it was one of the free books on Audible. So why not, why not give it a go? Um, so it says this, uh, it's a book you might like, Luke. It's a late 70s hard science fiction with thin, typically thin characters in which the protagonists use the tools of science to solve, oh, I just, to solve an incredible mystery the discovery of a 50,000 year old human corpse in astronaut gear on the moon watch out for spoilers in some of the Goodreads reviews though Um, Mm -hmm. and so I replied to Ryan I've read this before I was convinced I'd find it in the SFBRP archive, but it isn't there. Or maybe I haven't res- read it at all, but downloaded the ebook and started it, but didn't finish it. Or maybe I talked about it on an SFF audio podcast with Jesse um, or something like that. Turns and out. Did you? Did you do did there Are there any of those things actually true? Yes. What happened right. was that when I first started um, uh, reading ebooks, like I got myself, like I think it was an iPod iPod, what was the iPod Touch? The iPod Touch, the, the iPhone yeah, yeah. without the screen. So that was the first time I got there <laughs> and I was like, oh, let's look for some ebooks to read. And I had some mixed experiences with ebooks and uh, I didn't buy any, but e- there was lots of people. An ebook on, on an iPod Touch is. I you read, know, I, I've read many books on my phone. In my phone screens is fine for books for me. Sportive. What? Sportive? No, that's not. In the German, challenge. you would say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know. yeah. Uh, you'd say that you're up for a challenge, didn't you? Mm. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, so uh, there was a few books that were good, some not so good, some which were badly formatted. Quite a few, like, self-published books. Or not self-published books, but sort of like a book, with, you know, like a John Scholes who started, he, he was right. rele- oh, releasing yeah, yeah. Old Man's War chapter by chapter on his blog until he got to chapter, like, 12 and then got a, a publishing contract and then didn't. Right. <laughs> so there's quite a few books yeah. back then where people were putting up their first novels as ebooks. So, yes. oh, I think Brandon Sanderson, I think the first Brandon Sanderson Anderson book I read was an ebook, a badly okay. a badly formatted ebook. Um, <laughs> okay, so not a good start into ebook reading on an iPod Touch. 
No, no, great. Oh, it was great. You know, no problem at all. Again, okay. as soon as the iPad Mini with a, a Retina screen came out, I got that instead. Th- that's just a better format for for yeah. e- ebook reading. It really is. So, um, what's going on with the audio here? You're really, really quiet. We did the audio oh. test, and now you're suddenly really. Oh, oh now when you suddenly say you're, you're sort of relaxing and going further and further. I'm and sorry, further. I just don't. No, I, no, there's okay. nothing I have to say like so, m- with more force. Just come a bit closer to the microphone. I am really close. You're to not the mi- close enough to the microphone. I am very close. I know because I just I turned just... you up. That's why you see it. Okay, oh. so here's the thing. Let's stop talking about audio <laughs> stuff. I still get used to these microphones. Um, so Inherit the Stars was an ebook that I obviously found on Project, Project Gutenberg or one of these places. Okay. Where, probably not that because that's all uh, royalty free or, you know, public domain stuff. Yeah. Public domain, not royalty free. But anyway, it, it was one of the books that I'd found there. So it, it was always sitting there in some book reading app that I had with this Ooh. front cover, Inherit the Stars. Oh, you so you remember the... the- the cover of this book. Oh, that happens to me uh, a lot. Yeah. So the cover of the book is is a pretty recognizable. It's yes. this Inherit the Stars, big text, and two two astronauts in grey, like nineteen uh, seventies inspired uh, looking suits, <laughs> yeah. um, looking at a uh, an orange space suited person with a skull. Very very recognizable book. Yes. And when I started listening to the audiobook of this, I was like, oh yes, I have. I have read this. I'm sure I've read this before. And very, very quickly, it went into territory like, oh, no, I don't remember this at all. So I reckon what had happened in probably about 2009, 2010, yes. this was one of the ebooks that I'd got, yeah. started reading. Yeah. And for whatever reason, again, I don't remember the reason why I stopped reading it, yeah. except maybe I was just checking out ebooks. But this, but then this Inherit the Stars book cover was sitting there in the ebook app that I had for a long time. And your unconscious brain kept seeing it and yeah. then like it was well, not unconscious brain yeah, but, it, yes. but it was only for a period of a few months and then i probably moved on or yeah. got another book reading yeah. app and that didn't come along with it or whatever <laughs> yeah. and now i just looked at the um at my uh at the, this f- uh, folder on my uh on my thing here oh yeah. no oh, wait a second somewhere else here it's that uh, i have a big In folder archive called things. no not archive it's just called ebooks and audiobooks and this oh. i created i created this folder on uh, created in March. Oh yeah, so March twenty fifth, two thousand nine, which is probably when I got that that right. iPod Touch. Yes. So this folder is there, and I looked at this, and turns out I obviously did a big clean out of that and backed that up and put those uh, old audio books and ebooks somewhere else. So yes. I've got to the Ian and Banks, um, all of the uh, the these books here. Uh, what do you call it? The Culture series as ebook there. Right. Got all of them, and I've got some Peter Watts uh, books that we read. Red Mars as a PDF. Yeah. And things like that. Okay. The Lave of Heaven audiobook. I'm not sure why I've got that book because um, I think I just got a better audiobook because it's really bad. Some of these free audiobooks that you could get or download from different torrents or whatever, not very good quality because they're all recorded off uh, cassette well, tapes. So that you yes, get a book so on tape. you get a recording from a recording. Yeah, recording from tape. So anyway, know. that's the thing. I, so I did start reading the book. I actually got about um, uh, probably a chapter and a bit into this uh, ebook um, in probably March 2009. Okay. <laughs> And that's I was like, I've read this book. It'll be there. It should be in the SMAP. Yeah. No, I hadn't read it. Probably okay. read a chapter and a half. So now we get to it. Who, now we get to who it. wrote this? Um, it's by James P. Hogan. James P. Hogan. Okay. Science fiction any, author. Any other I've never read any books? of his other books. No, no. Not that I know of. Not that I remember. Okay. Um, I guess I could check it, but I, I think I would recognize it if I uh, did. If I would remember it if I did. Okay. So, okay, this book. Yeah. And I just want to kind of explain the setup to you. So, yes. mysterious discovery. Oh, I'm, I'm going to explain something. And yeah. sometimes you don't pick up on these introductions that I do where you're meant to go, oh, that sounds a bit like this. Okay, so let's do it. So I'm just telling you that as I go through this, you're meant to say, oh, that sounds a bit like this. Okay. okay. So the book starts off with the mysterious discovery on the moon. Okay. Mysterious discovery. And then someone has to travel to the moon to check out this dis- this discovery. And there's scientists going, oh, I wonder what this discovery means. And there's some meetings of people going, hmm, what does this mysterious discovery on the moon, uh, what does that mean? And they're going back, well, it's about the deep history of man and 50,000 years ago. And weren't we all living in caves back then, etc., etc. That reminds and me of... Let me carry on space. just again. So let me just carry on a bit. So and then later on, they're like, oh, we've discovered something on one of the moons of uh, Jupiter. Let's go out to one of the moons of Jupiter. So they go out to one of the moons of Jupiter and land there and discover an alien artifact on the moons of Jupiter. And like, oh, this comes from, you know, millions of years in the past and obviously has big ramifications about the descent of man or where man comes from. Lots of uh, discussions and scientists going that about that. And then... Uh, then the book ends. But what does this remind you of? 
Space Odyssey. Yeah, of course, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. And it, as I was reading through this book, I was like, hmm, this is reminding me a lot of 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> so then I go over here to Wikipedia and it goes like this. <laughs> Hogan revealed in the introduction to the omnibus, oh, there was like, there's not another few books in this series called oh, the okay. Giant oh, Series. Oh, I see, I see. Um, five. But is this the, the first one? Yeah, this is just the first one. He goes, <clears throat> Hogan revealed in the introduction to the omnibus edition, to The Two Moons, that Inherit the Stars was inspired by a viewing of the film 2001 A Space Odyssey. He enjoyed... Well, yeah. which he enjoyed until the ending complaining about what he saw as the confusing effects heavy conclusion to uh, at work uh, afterwards uh, at work he was doing, having this complaining about this each of his colleagues bet him five pounds that he couldn't write and publish a science fiction novel the result was Inherit the Stars which was published by Delray Books in 1977 he mm. later asked Arthur C. Clarke about the meaning of the ending of 2001 to which Clarke reportedly replied that while the ending of Hogan's Inherit the Stars made more sense the ending of 2001 made more money <laughs> <laughs> good which is good a which response. is a, which is a good which is a good um quip it's a good uh, yeah a little uh, anecdote there yeah. about yeah, talking like to uh, arthur c clark about the meaning of 2001 a space odyssey yeah which we actually reviewed on oh we, we talked about this we did the book versus the movie didn't we yes and i was saying okay start off reading the book yeah and then Watch, uh, skip the apes part of the, yeah, read the apes part of the book and, and skip and then, that part of the movie. Yeah. Then watch the movie all the way through until right at the very, very end where they start doing the all the special effects at the end. Yeah. And then skip over to the book for a bit and then go back and watch just the very last <laughs> few scenes of the movie. Yeah. I can't remember what we said, but yeah. Yes. Because there's quite a, the, you can do your own edit of, um, of 2001, A Space Odyssey by switching between sp- the book. Book, book and movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. Anyway, so that's that's so that's kind that's of what a, that's a big setup. I mean, uh, he's not going for the smallest thing in the world here, is he? Mm. Like it's like if you are going to go do something like that, yeah, why not go to 2001 Space Odyssey? Okay, so that's what we're talking about here. Someone who's gone, ah, I'm going to do <laughs> my take on this. Now, we've yeah. had a few of these recently. We were talking yeah. just before about, you know, salvation <laughs> being like, yeah, like, oh, it, oh, it's great. You know, Peter <laughs> Hamilton, is just, and don't matter what he says about on the on the interview that he did, he yeah. was doing his version of a play of a, you know, that whole, you know, telling the stories on a way to do a thing like that in a, in a, in a world where it's all about portal technology and the entire economy and everything is based on portal technology yeah. and that's what yeah. it's about. It's about getting somewhere, setting up a portal and then being able to come through. That's literally all of the conflict in both of those books. Yes. He's playing in that space. Great. Also, we saw that same thing again in um, in The Light Brigade. Um, well, is it Cameron Hurley? Is yeah. that the author going, right, now I'm going to do my own military science fiction starship troopers kind yes. of thing. Great. Yes. Let's play in that space. A bit of forever war, a bit of all those kind of things in there. Yeah. And what P- Peter F. Hogan, Peter, no, James P. Hogan. I don't know. I Okay. Not the, I <laughs> just said Peter F. Hamilton, but I know authors. it's James P. Hogan. So yeah. he's also got that initial. Um, the, the P. He's got a P. and He got, got AP. And his second name, uh, his uh, last name is uh, Hogan. Uh, How ha- 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 Hogan. Uh, I'm just nah, saying, it's a confusing it's... name. I'm bad with names. <laughs> so James B. Hogan is yeah. trying to play in the space, like self, obviously self-acknowledging now. He's yeah. playing in the space of a previous science fiction book. And you'd be, I'd say it'd be interesting to see when, when was, uh, when was, um, was it 1961? I'm going to now quickly look at, when the at, movie came I'm going to click at, uh, no, not 1961, 1968. So 1968. 68. And that um, book came out in the seventies. And said. this was from, uh, 1977. So yeah, okay. so it's, it's again, playing in the space of a book or uh, a book and movie, uh, which had come out a decade before, like previously, maybe it started writing it five years before, but it's definitely, uh, uh, one of those person where someone is like self-knowingly and like the references are there if you want to pick up on them. Like I was picking up on them as you go through. Yes, yes. Origins of man, discoverers yeah. on the moon, mm. going out towards Jupiter. Discussions uh, between scientists. Yeah, discussions between <laughs> scientists about what does it all mean and yeah. going off and going down places. So that's what he's doing. Unfortunately, he doesn't add anything else into this mix 
Re- which is a real pity because got, as you okay. as i was reading this book i was like ah oh, when is it gonna when is he gonna have that scene like in the movie mm. where they're going along and they t- they pluck the pen out of the air mm. and you see the ship spinning round mm-hmm. oh and the person has to use the zero gravity toilet and starts mm-hmm. going oh no it starts reading the instructions and like mm-hmm. daunting look and in the book it you know as he like re- goes through all of those step by step and like you know where's all that clever science fictiony kind of stuff yeah. It's completely missing in this book. It's like someone said, okay. what we're going to do is we're, we're going to get to the monolith and then we're just going to have 15 scenes of scientists meeting up and talking about what they think, what their latest theories are. Oh, uh, okay. And then so it's a lot of people talking. Lots of people just talking, mm-hmm. like long sections of someone just saying, I think this, and then just going into all the reasons why their theory is correct. And right. then that kind of wide open, like like that wide, like broad view kind of world building moments where like, and then three months later, the scientific consensus has turned to this. And the reason why this camp was saying this and that this people did this kind of stuff. Okay. Now, again, it's that's it's fine like if that's what you want but again it, i was really hoping for and now let's explore what it would take to get out to ganymede on a spaceship right and that doesn't happen it just it, yeah. and they build a spaceship and they yeah, went and there. they're just going oh okay. there's a mission that goes out there ah oh, who are we going to go on the mission this so mission this, yeah this feels a little the way you describe you describe this feels a little bit like um he has made it into a philosophical exploration of his own Thoughts on no, because there's no philosophy in this book. Oh, okay. No, and that's the whole point. Oh, the 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 great thing, uh, uh, one of the the things that makes 2001: A Space Odyssey great, is that mystery at the end. You yeah. know, it's that is a book where it starts off with with uh, with uh, cavemen. You know, well, not cavemen, like pre pre human, prehistoric, yeah. whatever humans. Yeah. Not just prehistory, but like prehuman. Yes. And then t- they take an evolutionary leap and then there's yeah. another evolution and, and the star child at the end right. is sort of like, oh, this is the next evolutionary leap that humanity can take or whatever like that. Yes. And, you, and yeah, it's confusing or whatever, but you can you can bring to it what you think is going on and the yeah. whole thing with Hal and all that kind of stuff. Like, oh, that's another leap in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And in the same way that the apes would be the ones that learn how to, you know, hit things, the ones that created weapons suddenly have a one-up, like they have a leg up against it and start dominating the people around it and you're like oh that's what comes so it's by not explaining all of that kind of stuff allows you to tease out the themes Mm -hmm. that you want to tease out and that's the great thing about reading is that you can like you but like we were talking before about that book the mechanical Mm -hmm. which was about um uh, you know, I was saying, oh, I was reading a lot into it from, uh, you know, about robotics and sort of like the, you know, the uh, the three laws of robotics yes. and being able to do that and to follow if they they were forced to follow orders. You have to follow orders. They yeah. can't follow orders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Soren, I think it was, who who recommended that book to me, he might send a message back saying, oh, you were talking a lot more about that. I was looking at about a lot more about slavery because uh. they, they weren't, you know, they weren't compelled internally to follow orders. They were compelled mm. like by pain to follow orders and that punishment to follow orders, yes. which again, it's there. Yeah. But because it's not spelled out exactly, yeah. like because it's not it saying this it is... It opens up different readings. Yeah. And a book mm. which says this is a book about slavery and this and this and following orders, etc. It's really heavy handed in that way. Yeah. But something can be heavy handed. And this is what I'm trying to tease out here with this review is that something can be heavy handed and you can still read in something else. Like yes. it can be a heavy handed um analogy or metaphor for this thing. But if you're not interested in that, you can still read something else into it. Yeah. And other things can be very subtle and you can go, oh, all the way through, I missed that it was about sexism or or whatever it was going to be like, oh, it's about this and that, you know, you can, you can miss some of those things and discover. I'm sorry, I'm wiggling around. You can can wiggle around as much as you want. Um, You're not off-putting. You can, uh, yeah, you can read into other things. And also there might be things which the author didn't even think about, but because where the author Mm. is writing from, the main things that they write about, even subconsciously, it just comes out like, oh, it's actually about cologne colonialism or whatever it's going to be because you know they're from that thing and even if they don't they're not writing specifically about that but if there's a book which doesn't have a theme and the theme is people sitting around talking about what they think the theme is <laughs> in, or what they think the book is about or what they think the story is about it doesn't leave me anything to chew on as a reader yes it's like it's too spelled out no 
No. It's not that it's too spelled out. One, there's not enough there. There's nothing there to be spelled out except I wasn't happy with the ending of um, 2001 A Space Odyssey because there was too much mystery right. and not enough was spelled out for me. So I'm going to read a book which spells everything out for everybody. Okay. So, yeah, but this is what I mean with a review. What? This is, I mean, this is why I said that this guy mm-hmm. just takes the space, 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah. And doesn't take, it's not his take, his take on it. Yeah. It's his his way of clarifying it and making it uh, Yeah, he's a, like, I wanted a, an experience. Is it a digestible yeah. thing? Yeah, and it's, and it's. And it's not great. I mean, it's, I mean, did he succeed? Succeed? Did he succeed? Did, was he the succ- ending better? And did was no. it more chewable? Well, put it this way: within the rules of the book, mm. the ending did make more sense. Okay, because it's because it's literally a book where scientists explain their theories and mm. the supporting evidence for their theories to other scientists. And then okay. the scientists find more evidence and then other scientists are like, ah, that evidence goes against your theory. Here's my theory. And now that evidence supports my theory and my theory is now correct. Okay. And, then, and then they dig up more evidence or find more evidence elsewhere and they decode some of this ancient 50,000 year old writing. And they're like, ah, and now we know what these people were thinking because we've decoded some of their mathematics or their writing. Okay. And now that is evidence in my favor. And this, uh, and this person goes, so really what the book is, it's like, a um you know a par- like it's it's like a series of paradigm shifts in studies but fast forward because it's like a new field like mm. w- this um alien well not alien it's more like um we have this archaeological dig on the moon we've right. never had archaeological digs on the moon before it's a new branch of science of what yes. we're studying here and everything is going to move very quickly and you go through these different paradigms yes. so it's like no the, no I, i get it it feels a little bit like what we're currently having um in the world with the pandemic there because this is a new thing lots of um yeah. people they're not only um publishing their final studies but they're, yeah, uh, they're it's preliminary pre, yeah they're, they're pre they they publish the pre pre stuff and then stuff happens yeah but because of course our society isn't then that all everybody is a scientist like yeah. people it has to filter through yeah it's really like, yeah it's funny that you mentioned that because that was literally exactly as i was going to uh, as what i wanted to say yeah. why i think this book was interesting for me to read like right. if i'd have read this book last year yeah. i don't think i would have found it, it as interesting as i like, did nah. this year yeah. because the book is really it felt like oh right this is this kind of like nine months of oh, course the book takes longer than this but you yeah. know spread over you know five years or whatever it, uh, however long it takes yeah but it's it's one of those things where i'm like ah okay so it feels like an in a scientific argument like taking place in front of our very eyes and that's what i want to say it's exactly like pandemic things where back in the start like everyone's like oh face masks don't bother wearing face masks they you know they like if you're not ill don't wear touching, the face masks no touching yeah, no touching and hand washing and don't even look at each other when you're outside and then he's like ah, actually outside isn't so bad you know and all these different kind of things and people worked out what contract tracing is and the r number and all of these other kind of mathematical things and people but then the evidence comes out and they're like oh this is how you do it oh that's how you do it this is so it felt that that's it felt very timely in that way that it's It's a book about a scientific discourse as we go through different prevailing theories or different paradigms of yeah. study and results. And because this is always happening uh, with a society in, in the background, yeah. in this in this book, why am I quiet again no, suddenly? No, no, don't worry, um, In this book, it um, um, in comparison to what's happening here now, um, are there any people who are, don't listen to the scientists? Is there any political struggle no, behind that? No, because this, that is, or this book is based in a fantasy world where evidence, everybody believes yeah, in it, evidence. When evidence comes along, ev- okay. not everyone changes their mind. They have different camps, if you know what I mean. And okay. it's sort of like, oh, there's more people in this camp than that camp. Okay. But it's so abstract that it's literally just gr- like the whole book is groups of scientists sitting around discussing what the latest theory is okay like nothing happens in this book like the height of drama is at the end of the book when someone says i have now come up with a theory that explains all oh, everything. Of everything here as well and there are no politics no there's no action there's oh. no politics there's okay. no romance there's no inter-character conflict somebody gets a promotion and a job does it say on the wikipedia what that uh James P. Hogan is, what's his profession? All right. He was born in London, raised in Portobello uh, Road area of the west side of London. Or, uh, 
He uh, he worked various odd jobs until, after receiving a scholarship, began a five-year program at the Royal Aircraft Establishment at Farnborough, studying the practice and theory of electrical, electronic, and, and mechanical uh, engineering. He first married at the age of twenty. He married three more times and fathered six children. So he worked as a design engineer for several companies and eventually began working with sales. Yeah, just like sales and then writing. Okay. Um, Controversy. During his later years, Hogan had contrarian and anti-authoritarian opinions. Um, uh, uh, Hogan believed that the Holocaust did not happen in a manner described by main... So he's a Holocaust denier. Um, Mm. Here's the thing. This book, apart from... But that took nothing, a weird turn. Nothing happening. <laughs> this book is so dated. And I can just I can just say now, yeah. I'm going to talk a little bit about how dated it is sexism-wise yes. and things like that. Okay. So uh, I made some notes here. Yeah. Uh, it's so sexist. Every woman is described by her, her looks and her hair color. Every man is described by his educational background. Now, if this book mm-hmm. was written in like 19... 19- Five. I would think this is one of the most sexist books I've read. If it was, if it was written, but I'd be then be like, oh, but it was written in 1905 or whatever, like 1905. Okay, yeah. If it had been written like in the 1930s or 40s, yeah. I'd be like, wow, this is sort of like that age of science fiction, that pulp era of science fiction, where you know, I remember with the, um, was it the, what's the German book that we read? The um, oh, the. Uh, 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 Penny, no, not Perry. Perry Roden. Perry, Perry, Perry Roden. Perry Roden, yes. who is such a macho figure that he he is a human who is a male and meets a an alien female who is massively more from a society massively more advanced than Earth, yeah. and then just to sort of like, well, of course I'm going to be in charge here, and of course I'm going to win because I'm a man, and just his maleness is enough to be to, 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 be, to, be, to that. be better. And you're just like, ah, that's not quite. That's not really. Yeah. Well. But when you get to 1977, it's mm. one of those times of like, yeah, but like. There we're was reading like, like there were uh, like we're after nineteen women did the nineteen sixties has passed if you know what I mean <laughs> yeah you know this is of a time when in that you know Lady Astronaut's book yeah you know which is which is so like this here's the thing it kind of makes me think that Lady Astronaut's book had more of a point uh, but again I think even by by ni- by nineteen seventy seven mm. when this book comes out or nineteen seventy eight. The sexism is just like it's so broad, it's so massive that it it, it was even catching me out. Okay, it re- it was ca- like the sexism was catching me out. Um, it's kind of racist as well, but let's not go to do. So there's these parts where they're sort of like, oh, and then the 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 all the scientists were really hard at work, and then Lynn, who's sort of like this guy's secretary, turns up and brought the girls, which made a party atmosphere to the place, and all the scientists <gasps> oh. really appreciated all the girls turning up. And I was like, <sighs> oh my goodness. And, oh. and at one point, Lynn comes in and she says, oh, it could be a calendar. They're, look, they're looking at these number sequences in this translation. Mm-hmm. Oh, it could be a calendar. And I was like, oh, like the woman. And they're like, oh, mm, you could be right. Mm, isn't it weird that a woman has an idea and it's correct? And I'm like, well, yeah. Wait, they are, they are yeah, saying this out the ca- loud? The characters are like, they're pretty much saying, wow, a woman had an idea that's correct. And, and also, it, it's only because she's a secretary that she, she recognizes a calendar or whatever. You know, it's like, it's super. Uh. Um, and then once they start, translating the story like this translate the diary of this uh, of this uh, this alien who is uh, or this uh, this human from 50,000 years ago like what's he doing on the moon again I don't need to give away any of this but then the alien is writing this diary and we follow along with that and so I'm like yes and then we set off there was 16 of us and we brought nine women with us and I was like oh right so the people who he's counting the, the people on the mission is 16 oh and then some women you know and then some females or whatever it is like that and then oh. like in- oh I understood that there were that there were 16 in total and of no, these 16 no, no. were... There were 16 of us and we brought some women as well. You know, it, it's it, it's like, it, it, it reminded me of like, you know, when I, I was I was looking up the um, the mutiny on the bounty and it's sort of like, oh, and they did this kind of stuff yeah. and there was there was six of them when they arrived there. Uh, oh, plus, you know, sort of like 17 Polynesian women who they were keeping as sex lives. But there was six of them left. And and then the, all the Polynesian children, like half Polynesian. You know, and it's what it's those things where you just go oh right what this, this, it feels this, like this dismissiveness, dismissiveness yeah it's just this sexism <laughs> feels like something not from decades ago like 1977 like i was born in 1980 so this is just a few years older than me yeah but the sexism and 
it 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 felt like something from hundreds of years ago rather than rather than decades ago. Let me put it that way. That, that okay. felt like the level of sexism there as well. Okay. Um, but but also it's really dated that they go to they're after Jupiter and then they're like, mm, oh, right, this is really interesting stuff. And then sort of like, oh yeah. And then he got out a cigarette and started. I'm like, wait, wait cigarette? What? Yeah, you, know, uh, you just start uh, smoking. And even like 2001, it's sort of like the 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 environment that they take to space, like what they do in space, clean is clean it's clinical it you would never think that well, uh, the, that that, that not what? on the way of the to the moon and on the moon no no, no on the moon this is yeah of course there's a there was a hotel in space you know there's yeah. the whole point yeah as, as you go on a odyssey you get further and further out into yeah, the world on the so, spaceship so when you get to, when they get to the, the the space station there's a hotel you can mm. just turn up there and the people are sitting around drinking wine mm. you get to the moon it's a bit more you know industrial scientific and then you get out towards you know wherever mm. yeah and you're going further and further out and it just it that they started the guy was sort of like oh now let's have a cigarette or whatever and, and then were doing that on Jupiter or on the spaceship yeah, just down at a, uh, an archaeological dig down in and uh, I'm just thinking and it turns out that that air is breathable look, and it, it, I'm just saying, I don't want to go into the details of this but that people are smoking that you think that it's just <laughs> going to be natural that in the year 20, 2029 I think that by that time it was happening you yeah, know okay. by 2029 yeah. um people would just be on a mission in space and just be smoking and it, it, like uh, of course back then people smoking was a bigger thing yes. but just to it it felt every all of this felt so un, unexamined if yes. you know what i mean it's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. arthur c clark is going right and he starts flexing his his you know designer muscles and all that other kind of stuff and goes right what would it really be like to do this and then yes. you know and how has humanity changed yeah and since how has then? humanity changed yeah. and what's it going to be yeah. different and how but there's what, no who no, are the people going to no be reflecting there? on yeah. how our society currently is and what may might not be the best things yeah. and what will change like sexism yeah but but also just from the point point of view of like thinking about it just be like mm, right we're going here what mm. would you need on a spaceship oh uh like it's and it's one of those things you just be like oh right yeah wasn't there the saturn one disaster where because they had an oxygen rich atmosphere in the inside everything caught fire because mm -hmm. uh because it was oxygen rich so you wouldn't be wanting fire no, or no, in no, a fire, never in spaceship space. so space, probably fire, no probably not smoking because then all of that smoke all of that would have to be scrubbed like it's all artificial so any smoke that was there would have to be scrubbed out of the air you know yeah, just yeah, just from just, an engineering yeah. science thing not from a society moving on kind of thing but just from like an engineering point of view but that which, is, which is arthur c clark is doing very great. obvious to me but yeah, yeah and stanley kubrick not. when stanley yeah. kubrick is like no we have to make spaceships that look so realistic that if even somebody was in space they would would actually survive that's how real is you know yeah. like you've got two very nerdy engineering people there to the point okay. where people are going like oh yeah of course the moon landings didn't happen because you know they just got you know they just got stanley kubrick in to like recreate that from like what was on the moon like yeah so i get it um But again, the most dated thing about this is yeah. the oh that was not the most dated stuff yet there's more to come if that it, that could all be to the side of what the story is. Mm -hmm. And the story is scientists sitting around discussing <laughs> what they think the science is. Yes. And for a book that was written in 1977, mm. the level of science feels like something from the 1920s. Okay. Because when they come down to it, it's sort of like, I've got the theory that explains everything. I'm just sort of like... That doesn't make sense. Like, that's not how orbital mechanics works. <laughs> that's not how the laws of thermodynamics works. And then they're talking about this bit and that bit. So I'm like, yeah, that's not how astronomy works. That's not how... And then they're talking about, like, plate tectonics and, like, the history of the moon and stuff. And there's like, that isn't what the moon is. And then plate tectonics with the history of the Earth. And I was like, that, like, in 1977, we knew what plate tectonics were. We kind of had the idea that, like, you know, something hitting the Earth would wipe out the dinosaurs. You know, all of these different kind of things didn't... And I, I don't want to give it away because, again, what the book is, is them going through these scientific ex scientific explorations. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you get to the end and there's this big twist or this big reveal. And you're like, no, you can't do that can't be the big reveal because it makes the rest of the movie not make sense anymore. Right. Because if that was the if that was the motivation of this character, they would have never done A, B, C, D, E and F yes. all the way through. Yeah. To then be the big twist would be that. Or if the 
big reveal is sort of like, oh, this person was behind it all along. <laughs> you know, when you just go, oh, that was the master. Uh, the, the example I'm thinking of is this: um, is the, is the movie with with these five magicians, sort of like we get together these five magicians and they they then there's a big magic trick play. What do you? What is it? It's got yeah. It's got. Um, uh. Yeah, I know which one you mean. It's, I forgot. The, you got the, the card magician yes. and the and the, uh, the, the pickpocketing the, magician. The, the thing about this movie is that, that um, in German it had different titles, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I mixed. Mm, I don't know. Whatever that movie is, yeah. where they get the five magicians and have a big yes. showdown in New York. Yes. The twist of that is so preposterous that you go, well, of course I didn't see that twist coming because that's not how humans work, <laughs> and that's not how story works, and that's Just, not. I mean, it's fun and oh, it's dumb and it's a dumb it's a enough dumb movie. Enough it's a dumb enough movie to just go like, all right, whatever, like that. Yes. But sometimes you get to the end of these stories where you're just like, ah, I, there's no way I could have seen that twist coming because the universe, that's, those are not the rules of the universe. Or they're, they're not the rules of any universe except for the universe that you've just created, created. in yeah. this book now. Okay. The, the history that exists in your universe, which is so different from the history that exists in our universe, mm-hmm. is what determines what everyone decides is true at the end of it. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, that does explain all the evidence. And you're like, yeah, all the evidence that only existed in the brain of the author up until this point, there's no reality that matches up with my understanding of the history of the Earth, of astronomy, of plate tectonics, of you know all of the stuff and again i'm missing i have to miss stuff out here because again i as people get to this part of the part of the book you've got like when you get to the end few chapters of this book you've got to put aside everything that you know about how our world works and just go with the fact that in this alternative universe that this author has created there's not just an alternative uh, history of this uh, of these humans from 50,000 years ago and what they're doing on the moon You've also got to put aside everything else which he hasn't explained in the book, which is different from our world, which has gone unexplained. And then, well, yeah. it kind of does make sense if there is anything that happened in this in this book fifty thousand years ago. The history of that will be different to ours. Yes. But then you've got to address that in the book. Mm. Like if you're doing this. So is he's a, just taking it as a, as a given it thing. Felt, it started off and it felt like very much a, a book which was written in the mid 70s. We're saying, oh, yeah, we went to the moon for a while. And it was like, no, let's not go to the moon. Let's do some, you know, low Earth orbit stuff, space shuttle, space station. And then we're going to go back to the moon. So this is a book which knows that the that the Apollo missions were finished. And then there was a pause. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't go back to the moon for a while. And then we go back to the moon right. and we find stuff. So all all of this book is set in the future from 1977. Yes. So everyone reading is thinking, ah, oh, this is all happening, not in an alternate timeline from now, mm. but in the future. Mm. And only when you get to the very end of the book do you realise, oh, this isn't just an alternate t- future timeline. This is also, this is also everything in the past that we knew about science about the past going all the way back to the dinosaurs. There's some fundamental differences there which are only being revealed now as the final scientist gets up and says this explains all the evidence and you're like yeah but that like for example there's this thing so sort of like how do, there's this thing where they're like which planet are they on it's unclear what's happening here or there what's going on i'm like portals of course i've got portals on my hand it must be portal or faster than light travel or mm. whatever it's going to be yeah and and i was going through all these different things well it could be this kind of thing oh there's this other technology that was mentioned from this alien race from year th- millions mm-hmm. of years before and maybe they had access to that technology but oh and they've discovered something all the, all these explanations which would make sense or could make sense all the way through up until that point of the book and then what's revealed to be the real story the real history relied on like i say a a fundamental either misunderstanding or complete and utter misreading of human history and uh, uh, planetary history and everything like that. Okay, so I have a few things to say. Yeah. First, I thought, mm, this book sounds a bit... Could you try again? No, Siri. First, I like from the explanations now, I thought, ah, this is this is really a, not, a, not a good, but it's really shit book. Then yeah. I thought, now when you told me, oh, this is like this, you, you don't realize that you're in a in not only a, an alternative uh, past, yeah. uh, f- future, but yeah. also past. And so that makes it an alternative. And I thought, hmm, that's not too dumb. And then you said, 
oh, and then there's the different readings of uh, historical and um, yeah. things. And then I remembered, oh, you just told me something about this person. Yeah. Well, that kind of fits. That's why I mentioned before. That's why I got. To, I read down to that part of his Wikipedia uh-huh. page where he's a Holocaust denier. Because this book is a... It's kind of a revelation of these people who are so conspiracy theory-like. They'll just be like, oh, and the Holocaust didn't happen. Something, something. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa go back, you know, or whatever, you know. Yeah, like, they're, setting up all these, the, yeah. uh, they're setting up all these arguments and, that, and you're going, oh, this explains it. That explains it. That explains it. Yeah. That explains it. And then you get to this point where you're like, whoa, go back a bit. The, the sun goes around the earth and if you go far <laughs> enough to south, you there's an ice wall, and if you go farther north, there's a way inside that mm-hmm. the Earth is hollow. And you're like, yeah, and it also explains a hollow Earth. And you're like, wait, what are you talking about? And then they're like, and there's lizard people. And you're like, no, 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 wait, what are we going? Like, where are we now? Yes. And you're like, oh, no, you thought I was talking about this this entire time. I was talking about how lizard people live under the Earth, and the <laughs> Earth is hollow. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I thought we were just, I thought we were just doing a... I thought we were just doing a, like having a fun adventure. No, of course, there isn't any Holocaust, Holocaust denial in this book. No, 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 but but the, the mindset is yeah, obviously there. Yeah, that's what I'm The mindset of yeah. someone who can, you can get all the way this, you can get this deep into a book. Mm. You can get that deep into the book. And then it's revealed on the last few pages or in the last chapters or so that, Oh, and all of this is based on a history which isn't true and is explaining something which is blatantly impossible unless all of the laws of the universe are different and all of like planetary formation and how the solar system works and Mm -hmm. orbital mechanics. If all of that is fundamentally different, yes, you did just explain the the story of the past and yes, yes, it goes up like that. So again, I don't want to say that somebody who has a crank ideas or is is automatically a Holocaust denier, but that there is a reason why I dropped that in to this podcast Mm -hmm. before I went into this section of the review and talked about how it was interesting to read this kind of thing. Yeah. Because it... I think this is like... Also, it kind of feels like it's an... uh, an a good disclaimer to read uh, this in context, to read this in, in the knowledge of, okay, uh, well, what? of a person that takes things and things weird about things. Things and things and weird about things. I don't think you actually said anything no, there. No, I didn't say anything, uh, you did didn't I? didn't actually make a point. It's okay. You don't have to make a point because there's a lot to chew on here in this yes, review. Yes, I think Again, so. Again, I don't, I don't have anything else to say about the book. It's not a very good book. It's okay. massively flawed in many ways. Yeah. And I think what it comes down to is is that somebody is like, I'm going to do a version of 2001 and they took out all of the science. They took out... No, <laughs> they didn't take out the science. They took out all the science fictional elements, which yeah. is sort of like fun spaceships and AI and all that kind of stuff. They took out the sense of wonder. They took out the sense of mystery. And then in the end, it's didactically telling you what is the answers all the way through. Yes. And Arthur C. Clarke says it makes makes more sense, but mine makes more money. What makes more money is a sense of wonder, is a sense of delight, is a sense of mystery. You can't remove all of that from a book and expect it to be a great work of of art. Now, let me go over here to Inherit the Stars on Goodreads. There's a few people who have uh, rated it here. Uh, Chris rated it four stars. Um, He says, I rate it four stars. But if I was recommending it to people, I might just give it three stars because he says it's a favourite. It's from high school as well. Ryan rated it three stars. The Mystery... Um, something, something. Uh, yeah, and uh, there's little dimension to the characters, nor does the writing scintillate, but it isn't the kind of science fiction you read for those things. No, it isn't. It really is not okay. at all. Um, um, I just it's had not a... a good book. This is another argument, I think, that people think, look back at the classics of science fiction or, you know... Oh, is this it is a classic? A... I don't know, but this is what Ryan says. In some, Inherit the Stars, while not a great book on literary merits, seem, still seems to be well regarded by fans of classic hard science fiction and still holds up well on the strengths of its mystery. But, uh, the, again... I don't a, get these mystery, vibes from what you just described. There is a really interesting... Like I say, the mystery is there. Like, again, it's sort of like, wow, there's all these conflicting bits of evidence. Mm. What's the theory that can put together all of these bits of conflicting evidence? And it was a really good mystery. And my brain, like I say, was trying to solve it by portals and alien technology and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the re- what we're presented, of, presented with as the final answer to the mystery isn't satisfying. 
Okay. So it works as the mystery, but the payoff isn't the the payoff to the mystery isn't mysterious enough or whatever. Because I before you read that out, I thought, what kind of a publisher or editor or like what would get this out in the world if there is like a better? Let me just say, standards were lower right. in the 1970s for mm. something to become a classic. Standards were lower. Mm. And I, I know it's bad to say that, but standards were lower. Mm-hmm. Like the books which we read now are higher quality than this. Mm. They have to be because... Yeah, the market is just bigger. Well, it's not the... I wouldn't say they're better quality than this, but like what people would be happy with mm. in the past is... Uh, yeah, it's... Like I said, we we, we rewatched um E.T., didn't we? We watched E.T. Uh, yes, last year. Yes. Was it last, earlier this year? Yeah, last year or something yeah. like that? I could look up when I when I watched it. And you're like, ah, back then, the idea of an alien coming down with some special effects mm. and then an alien just hanging out in our world and then an alien just going back to space again with some special effects. Yeah. That was enough? Yes. That was enough? Yeah. And it's not enough now. Like we, like I was, we were watching that and I was like, oh, there's n- actually nothing here mm. for, it, unless you're really impressed with these special effects. And it's really hard to be impressed with those special effects. Well, now, yeah, at now, the time, people yeah. were probably impressed. People were impressed by the special effects. Yeah. But also the story of like, oh, there's an alien or aliens exist and the kid isn't meant, you know, the kid isn't mad or whatever. Uh, is is not there. I was listening to the um, the Omnibus podcast, uh, uh, and they were talking about this um, this story. Well, I was mentioned before about this uh, this uh, P Travers, no B Travers or whatever it was, oh, who, yeah. who wrote the, uh, oh, yeah. the mystery of the Sahara Madre or whatever it is. And turned um, out he he was not. Yeah. That he w- Apart from that, but it, it, Ken Jennings, who does that podcast, opened up. He's like, oh yeah, I was reading back about these twist stories, like you know what it was, and there was this whole story, this whole you know short story, a ten chapter story, and this girl kept on seeing people on this on this you know coming across the out of this fog and she was like who are those people and nobody else could see them and she was like oh no but who are these people and everyone wouldn't take her seriously and it turns out they were ghosts and only she could see them and and he's sort of like yeah that was the first ghost story like back in the day when there weren't ghost stories there weren't novels that you could read about like there were just weren't things like that yeah when you read it you'd be like oh oh there were ghosts oh that explains it they were they were all dead people and they were all ghosts And, and and you're like oh yeah once there was a time when just a question Yes. And then that question being answered was enough. Yes. No, I, I get it. Do you understand it. what yes. I mean? Yeah. yeah and yeah, that's why it. now when... We you, have all the... We have now all yeah. the knowledge of the people who, who read those uh, books. Yeah. yeah. So nowadays, like the books back then, they had a much lower... Tar- like a much bigger target to mm. shoot towards yes. much easier to hit that target because yeah. you could just be like hard science fiction scientists were hanging out in a room talking about a mystery and then in the end explaining the mystery and we're right. like yeah that's 2020 that's that's what we're getting now that's yeah. not even science fiction anymore seeing scientists having discussions about what the latest evidence is and what it fits in with yeah. and how to solve the problems this and stuff what's happening that's now. our life yeah. right now <laughs> yeah. we can't like and it used to be that like uh, you'd read these books by i don't know uh, I can't think of the top of my head. Oh, uh, who was it? Ben Bova. Was it Ben Bova? No, who was the author who just died? Anyway, I, I, not, it wasn't Ben Bova. One of those authors just died recently. I was like, oh, I should read one of his books again. I was like, no, I don't need to read one of his books again because all of his books were the same. And that story just isn't interesting now. Yeah. Like there's these, there's all of these books which were... Um, like, oh, something's happening in space. Right, what we need to do is make how to get to space. And it's like half of the book is them just talking about rocket ne- technology and how they're going to get this this rocket from this science museum. Oh, and the rocket, and we, we can read yeah. those. And yeah. we get that from this yeah. and put that all together. And then we can do all of that. And then we can somehow we can somehow get up there and then we can get to the moon and then do this kind of... But a huge part of it was just sort of like, how do we even get to space? But... You know, once you get past like the late seventies, you're like, yeah, well, well, we know how to get to space because yeah. we like we, do we, that we, we get we can now. get to space now. Yeah. So that's not an interesting problem. Even like The Martian, don't read The Martian now because it's out of date. Because you're like, oh, this book exists in a time when SpaceX doesn't exist. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That SpaceX now exists explains like can get rid of that. We'll just be like, ah, oh, right, let's just get to SpaceX. Have you got a Falcon Heavy ready? Yeah, we've got like three Falcon Heavy. We'll just bump up these missions, stick them <laughs> on. Yeah, it's not quite that easy now, yeah. but how easy SpaceX is making this kind of stuff. And we're not going to be able to have like, oh, how difficult is it 
here to orbit wants a starship. They just crashed the starship yesterday, yes. which was fantastic. I woke <laughs> you up by turning the TV you up did. too loud because I wanted to hear the rocket engines going off. <laughs> What's this? You've gone to bed at the wrong time. No, no, because you stayed for the first one, and then yes, they scrubbed uh, that one, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, we, we still." It's like, "Oh, this." I was like, "Oh, there's still an hour and a half left." Yes, so so yes. yeah, in midnight yeah. they set off again. Anyway, so w- as things go on, it's yeah. not. It, but it, I don't even it's, want to say that same... like the world moves forward to make but... these things more interesting. I'm just saying. Also, science fiction has explored those stories. So yes. now, if you're doing a Starship Troopers slash Forever War slash military science fiction, you know, whatever, looking back at those classics of military science fiction, you. You've got to bring in so much more. Yeah. And that's what Cameron Hurley did. She brought in the conspiracy theory kind of stuff, the corporatism, yes. the po- post-apocalypse, not post-apocalypse, the um, you know, dystopian, dystopian kind of stuff, the time, time travel, travel stuff, yeah. uh, uh, the social justice kind of thing. Yes. Like, there's so much more in there to make a book a five-star book for me. That A, a five-star book, which was someone's favourite when they were at school in the 1980s, it's just not good enough. No. Like, it's not surprising enough. And this it's is... not the world has moved on, but also what science fiction can do has moved yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. This is always what reminds me of, um, you know, when when um, and when I think about um, these these scientific thinkers in, in the... Uh, uh, in the early times who came up, you know, like yeah. um, Da Vinci or um, even Newton. Yeah. These kind of people. Yeah. It always feels to me like... Ah, oh, they they had it easy. They could discover yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. basic things, and, that's and what I'm then saying. from then on, now right, the, everybody will have yeah. to. Do, now it goes in more and more into these mathematics theorems and like yeah, these yeah. gnarly little bits. Yeah, now science takes a team. You know, it, it, there's not like one person getting it, whatever it, like yes, that. You know, yeah, you're like the the pulsars uh, that yeah. the whole world is studying. Yeah, um, it takes it takes thousands of people to build to no take thousands of people to come up with the questions that the science machine that's going to take thousands of people to build is going to do and then then thousands of people run it and in the end one person or three people get the the nobel prize and you're like really like those three those two people about the representation anyway so uh, i just just scroll down a bit here ziven rated it two stars while the idea behind this novel tickled my imagination to no end inherit the stars does not stand the test of time even for 1978 it's dreadfully outdated not in the techno babble which is of course terribly out of date but in its setting basically we're all treated to one long series of scientists sitting around discussing their theories <laughs> it's all tell with nary a glimpse of the actual show yes right. again it, it's it's only about people sitting around and again back in the day i think it was totally fine to have a science fiction book which was mostly people sitting around talking about science yeah. great yeah we need more that there's just yeah, that's just not good enough yeah, yeah. yeah. We current we now have the internet where literally you can read yeah. uh, scientists discuss on Twitter amongst each other the newest found findings yeah. and stuff. Michael rated it two stars. Not terrible, but re- but it is really just a mystery to be solved. No character development, no action. Inevitably, some of the paleo paleoanthropology has been outdated by new finds since the book was written. I think it was outdated even as the book was written. Okay, but I don't mind that. To be honest, there's a lot of it I don't mind because it's sort of like, oh, there's a, a 50,000 year old skeleton in a spacesuit found on the moon. I like that. I, that, that it's idea is a good. great mystery. Like yeah. I say, the core of this is you a could, mystery. You could take this mystery. Here's the thing. And, and, and write this, a this book. is what I wanted to say. This oh, is what I wanted to say. <laughs> I want someone to be like, oh, right, we, we're 2001, too mysterious. Yes. Like, too, not enough explained, a bit too whatever like yeah. that. Uh, and then someone goes, oh, no, all the way over here. And you're like, no, that's too extreme at the other end. I'd actually think there's be an interesting writing experiment or movie experiment to come a little bit more back towards the middle. Yeah. Of, a, a little bit back towards the middle. I want of somebody to just write... Uh, a whole n- novel a uh, different different approach by the idea of oh yeah. they discover a 50,000 year old skeleton in an yeah. astronaut suit I reckon I, I reckon a really good writing exp- uh, experiment would be to do this kind of thing right? take this book no, no, Make not it, take this book. No, 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 no. But take no, this, no. just this idea, just this I reckon, one mystery. No, I reckon that this book has got a good book in it. Like I say, if this book was less dated, like the same science, like the same ideas that you have in this book, the same mystery all the way up until the final chapter when the main guy comes out <laughs> and explains it, all of that is good. That's what I'm saying. It's fun to read how the scientific consensus switches backwards and forwards. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing wrong with any of that part of the book. It's the it's the this is the answer that explains all the evidence bit right. at the end. 
change the ending like make the ending not rubbish make it so it can stand up to some of the technology we have now still set it in in 2029 that this book is set in it could still work like we could still do a moon mission which discovers this in the right period we could still work yeah update social stuff make it less racist and sexist um and actually have some action do a Mm. bit of spaceship stuff make it like more more and more like 2001 in some ways but you can still have a payoff at the end and i reckon there's like four different answers that you could do each one of them which would be more satisfying than the ending that's actually in this book (laughs) okay again i don't want to give away because it's a journey to get there yeah and i don't want to give i don't want don't want to give away too much of it thing because i think this book not worth i don't think it's actually worth reading it's definitely a, a book that you read because it's from 1977 and you want to read a historical artifact of what <laughs> one, you know, very sexist Holocaust denier was thinking about there. Again, there's no right. Holocaust denial in this in, no, in this no, no, book yeah. itself. And I'm just saying there yeah. is a mindset of history denial or blindness to, but like blindness to history and science, which gets in the way of actually a- achieving something good in the in in your work right which is there so it's more the the concept of the book is uh... no it's the mindset of the author is flawed no 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 i mean the concept of the the idea of the book is kind of the only thing that has yes. something that holds it up like no. the outside of a, a no, card th- this ha- is ha- ha- for me this is a two star book or two and a half star book no two let's see a two star two ah, star book okay it's not a terrible book because it doesn't try to do character development and then fails at character development. It right. doesn't try to do action and then fails at action. It's it doesn't just not try there. to do, what it's trying to do is set up a scientific mystery and then talk through mm. how that the the thoughts about that evolves as new evidence comes to light. Okay. That's what it's trying to do and it does that really well. Like okay. it, that's what it does well. It doesn't. It it isn't a satisfying science fiction novel for all the other reasons that I want to read science fiction novels. But what it's trying to do, which is ah, two thousand and one had a great scientific mystery, mm. and it was disappointingly solved. It wasn't enough about the discussion of science. Right. That's what this book is. It's attempting to do that. It's succeeding at that. If you want to read something like that, this is interesting. However, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. It's a two-star book for a reason. And also, okay. the ending is very disappointing. And it's very, very, very sexist. Not one and a half. It's a two-star book. Again, okay. I rate it by subjective enjoyment yeah, of a book. I get it. I get and it. what this book gave me... But we just talked about, like, 50 minutes of this discussion was about how... Um, no, I said, I said what it was at the start. I said what it was going for. Yeah. Okay. I, there's... If you... Again, I don't want to. I don't want to be defending a book. Like it's not a good book. Like it's not a good story. It's not a like if as a science fiction novel, it's not a good science fiction novel. Yeah. But as an attempt by someone who, again, maybe he's rewriting history about what he, you know, maybe too many people called him out and said it's a bit too much. Like the setup is a bit too much. Like two thousand one. He's all like, oh yeah, that was the whole point of it. Like yeah. you know, he made a bet to say I can write a science. I can get. I can get a science fiction book published. Right. And for nineteen seventy seven. This was the book that was going to get him published. Okay. Now, if you were saying, I'm going to bet you five pounds that you're going to get a science fiction book published, it would be nothing like this. Yes. You would have to write something which fits today's market and mindset and all and, you know, flavor of science fiction. Yes. And James P. Hogan probably wouldn't be the person to be able to do it. He's probably dead. Let me have a quick look. Is he? Yeah, of course he's probably dead. Yeah, he died in 2010. Yeah, no good. Well, yes, makes sense. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that's that's my review of the book. I don't have anything else to say. Okay, that's good. Me yeah. neither, because uh, I you didn't read, read it. it. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we're almost an hour up, so let's let's wrap this up. If you'd like to, um, also, if you'd also like me to read a book, what you should do is head over to the uh, SFBRP listener group on Goodreads.com, and there's a thread called "Books I Would Like to See Reviewed," which is pretty it should be renamed one of these days books i would like to hear reviewed but you know to see you something through is is yeah. is it works out and drop a, a recommendation in there and if other people said yes also that's good and also if you if you say oh it's a free audible uh, eva uh, audiobook mm-hmm. um i might get to it a bit quicker as well um the other way that you can do is email me at luke at juggler.net you can follow us on twitter i'm luke burridge there juliana is j-u-k-u on twitter you sometimes retweet things we're on on instagram (laughs) under those names as well um 
Yeah, and that's it. Oh, no, uh, Patreon as well. If you want to support oh, yes. us financially. Oh, that's a great way. There's actually a, a Patreon award level, which is $25. So if you, if you do that, uh, there's what it's, it's you, you pick the topic, which is meant to be about juggling videos and juggling podcasts, but also works for the SFBRP it as does. well. Yeah. If you want us to, uh, if you want us to talk about a topic or a, um, a book, a book. you think. Yeah. But, we would like to read. Uh, that's also a good way that we uh, again we're not promising anything, and I won't hate read it. I won't uh, don't don't recommend me something that you think I'm going to hate all for for no reason. Inherit the stars <laughs> is a good level. Like again, it's it, it's this weird thing that caught my eye as a historic curiosity. I read it as a historical curiosity, and it held up as a historic a two star historical curiosity. <laughs> okay. Uh, That's cool. So that's it. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. So patreon.com forward slash Luke if you want to support us financially. Even uh, a dollar a month is, 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 is perfect. absolutely amazing. And you can also then hear us talking on, on the Juggling Podcast. There's a whole... Uh, whole juggling podcast whole episode. other world whole other juggling world out there which is which is mainly what the patron is for but again we do have uh i'd say i'd say probably actually now 30 to f probably about 40 percent of the money for on our patron is from oh. sfbrp oh, listeners oh wow mostly so a much. few a few uh chunky uh donations uh, from that but it's, it's working amazing out well. thank you so much that helps so it really much. does it really does yes. as two people who don't have full-time jobs anymore I'm I'm living off at the moment um, some uh, state benefits from the Brandenburg states. They gave me a... Oh, yeah, that's another thing I wanted to mention. Uh, look out on my YouTube feed for some fun science fiction project from me, original science fiction oh, yes. story project from me, which uh, I'll talk about and release a bit more as as time goes on in the science fiction book review podcast. I'll talk about that more in the future, yeah, which I think people will really enjoy. That would fit, yes. <gasps> We've gone past one hour. Let's uh, wrap it up there. Okay. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.